Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Saivadam Sasarjagre Bhagavan Atma Mayaya Sadasadrupaya Chashau Guna Maya Guno Vibhu Saivadam Sasarjagre Bhagavan Atma Mayaya Sada Sadrupaya Chasau Guna Maya Guno Vibhu Saivadam Sajagre Bhagavan Atma Mayaya Sada Sadrupaya Chasau Gunamaya Guno Vibhu Sa That Eva Certainly Idam, this, Sasarja, created, Agra, before, Bhagavan, personality of Godhead, Atma Mayaya, by his personal potency, Sat, the cause, Asat, the effect, Rupaya, by forms. Cha, and. Asau, the same Lord. Gunamaya, the modes of material nature. Aguna, transcendental. Vibhu, the absolute. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. In the beginning of the material creation, that absolute personality of Godhead, Vasudev, in His transcendental position, created the energies of cause and effect by His own internal energy. Purport. The position of the Lord is always transcendental because the causal and effectual energies required for the creation of the material world were also created by him. He is unaffected, therefore, by the qualities of the material modes. His existence, form, activities, and paraphernalia all existed before the material creation. He is all spiritual and has nothing to do with the qualities of the material world which are qualitatively distinct from the spiritual qualities of the world. Oma jnana timarandasya jana jana shalakaya chakshurun mulitam jena tasmai shri guruvei namaha 
I was born in the darkest ignorance, and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. Sri Chaitanya Manuvistam Sapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Tadatitswapadantikam. When will Sri Rupa Goswami Prabhupada, who has established within this material world the mission to fulfill the desire of Lord Chaitanya, give me shelter under his lotus feet? Vancha Kalpata Rubyasha Kripasandu Bayevacha Patitanam Pavanabio Vaishnavabio Navanamaham. I offer my respectful obeisances unto the Vaishnav devotees of the Lord. They are just like desire trees and can fulfill the desires of everyone, and they are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Bhakti Vrinda. I offer my respectful obeisances unto Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Lord Nityananda, Shri Advaita, Gadadhar Pandit, Shri Vastakur, and all the devotees of Lord Chaitanya. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So today we'll discuss this cause and effect um, relationship to the beginning of material creation that was mentioned, as well as what that means in terms of how we live today. So a very popular verse that we've probably all heard is from the Brahma Samhita, and it says, Krishna, who is known as Govinda, is the supreme Godhead. He has an eternal, blissful spiritual body. He is the origin of all, and he has no other origin. He's the prime cause of all causes. So Krishna is God, and he's the cause of all causes, right? It says here in today's purport, he created the energies of cause and effect by his own internal energy. So prior to anything that existed, Krishna, the Supreme Personality of God, had existed. And from his existence, he created the entire universe, both the material and spiritual world. And, you know, we talk about this cause and effect a lot, right? And we sometimes we look at it, most of the time we look at it from the cause perspective, right? Like Krishna is the cause of everything. He's the cause of all causes. Um, in terms of our own personal life, we look at, you know, what will happen if I do this, if you know, we talk about doing our duty and doing our actions that are part of our duty, but not worrying so much about the effect, the results, right? So we focus a lot on cause. But we can also see it from the other way around. We can see the final effect, and then we can try to break it down into the cause, right? So let's say we have a building, and we look at the building, and we think, okay, how did this building come to be, right? Somebody put, there's materials that needed to go in that. Somebody had to construct it. You know, there's labor that goes into constructing and putting up a building. And somebody had to bring in the materials and all the things that were needed for that building. And somebody had to design that building. So it starts off with, you know, an architect and his piece of paper and drawing out the building. And is it going to work? How is it going to hold up? They make all the calculations, right? And we might see that as the cause of the building. That's what, you know, created the building as the architect. But we can actually delve it down even further, right? At each level, there's skill and talent and knowledge and intelligence that's involved in creating that building. So if you go from backwards from the building being created, there were people that had to use their knowledge and skills on how to properly make concrete, how to properly put up 
the foundation and rebar and all the parts of the building that go there, but they have to know how to do that. And then people have to know what to order. Like, okay, if we're going to make a building this side, we need this much materials and supplies, and this is what we're going to need. We need this much wood and this much concrete, and to make the concrete. Somebody has to make that decision of how much to order. And then, of course, you know, we talked about the architect. But this is all knowledge and talent and skill. And so where does that knowledge, talent, and skill come from? And, you know, you can say, well, we studied and somebody learned under somebody else, right? Like if it's a a labor trade, usually it's an apprenticeship. And if it's the architect, it's usually going to school. And then even after going to school, you still learn under somebody. So there's always some level deeper. So if we look at the teachers of this people, where do they get their information? How do they learn this knowledge? And if we distill it to the end result, like where did this come from and where did this come from? It all originally emanates from God. In the Bhagavad Gita, um, Krishna says, one, he confirms that he's the uh, creator of everything, right? In 7.6, he says, all creating be- created beings have their source in these two natures. Of all that is material and all that is spiritual in this world, know for certain that I am both the origin and the dissolution. And then in 7.7, he says, there is no truth superior to me. Everything rests on me upon me as pearls on a string. So he's he's reiterating that he is the cause of all causes. And he goes on to say that I am the original seed of all existences, the intelligence of the intelligent, and the prowess of all powerful men. So he says here in Bhagavad Gita that I am that intelligence that we have, you know, the, of the intelligent. I am the strength of the strong, uh, you know, prowess of the powerful. So he is the source of that, um, which helps us get our talent and skill and do what we're doing. Um, And we can see that, you know, in so many different ways, that cause and effect is very important. I mean, we see it when we talk about karma, right? We talk about there's every action has a reaction. That's cause and effect. You know, everything has a result or a consequence, right? So there's that's really all there is. There's action, and then there's what happens as a result of that action, and then what happens as a result of that reaction, and what happens, and everything kind of builds on each other. And it, and so it's hard sometimes to distill what was the original starting point. But here we're saying that original starting point is Krishna. He's the origin of all, right? He's the cause of all causes. He's the ultimate source. Um. So, you know, I do this thing with myself where <clears throat> I refer to past Jayshree and future Jayshree, right? So, like, a lot of times in the morning when I get up, I'm like, dang, that that past Jayshree didn't go to bed early enough, and now I'm waking up tired. Um, or, you know, like, small things like I do meal preps. You know, when I was working, I'd do meal preps the night before, and when I would sit down to eat my lunch, I'd be like, thank that past Jayshree for making this ready for me, because now all I have to do is sit down and eat. Or, you know, I should have, like I said, I should have gone to bed earlier. Or, you know, so there's this dialogue that I have within myself. I don't know if everybody does this, but I do that. And then on a much more bigger scale, right, like past Jayshree did all the hard work and studied and was very diligent and got through med school. So today's Jayshree is a doctor. Um, you know, we can see so many things like that. Like if you kind of look at what were the cause of, you know, me being a doctor today, it was all that hard work and study 
But we also know it was the intelligence that was given by Krishna, like the intelligence. He is the intelligence in the intelligent. So what I started thinking about, you know, is what can I do today that in five years from now, the five years from now, Jay Shri will be like, oh, thank that past Jay Shri for doing this. So that's one way we talk about goal setting, right? It's this idea of making small um, taking small steps every single day so that you can achieve your goal in the long term. You can do that for a week. You know, what do, what do I want to achieve in the next seven days, and what do I need to do every single day? And then in a week from now, you know, that future Jay Shree will be so grateful to this past Jay Shree for doing the actions that were needed. Um, so what can I do, you know, for a year? What do I want to achieve in five years, in 10 years, in 50 years? What about in 100 years? Right. We talk about goal setting. We always talk about the plan. What's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? But nobody talks about what's their 100-year plan or their 200-year plan or their 1,000-year plan. Because when we read in the Bhagavad Gita, we learn that we're eternal, that there was never a time that we didn't exist, right? Krishna says he creates, but we, he created part of, we're part and parcels of Krishna. So there was never a time that we didn't exist nor will there be a time that we don't exist. And, you know, we learn that in chapter 2 that the soul is indestructible. So when we talk about this in terms of that grand scheme of things, you know, the cause and effect, the what can I do for the future Jayshri, who am I talking about? Because Jayshri is this body right now, you know, born in um, Boston to an Indian family, under certain, you know, at a certain time and date, and um, female, right? These are all of my bodily characteristics. So who am I, right? We talk about this before. Who am I? And I am part and parcel of Krishna, but I'm also servant of Krishna, more importantly, right? I'm servant of Krishna. So the actions that I would want to take is what helps me realize that I'm servant of Krishna. So along those lines... Right, so what, 20 something years ago now, I took formal initiation from my spiritual master, Small Krishna Goswami. And at that time, I took these vows of following the regulative principles no meat, fish, or eggs, no intoxication, no illicit sex, no gambling, and to chant every single day. Right, and I got the name Jay Sri Radhe Devi Dasi. And it's a great name, I love my name. The thing is, the only part of that name that's actually me is Dasi, right? Because all the others is the description of whose servant I am. So Jay Sri Radha Devi is, you know, Radharani, and Dasi is who I am, the servant of Radharani. So in, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, the person that's going to be the same is Dasi. It's not, in 100 years from now, it may not be Jay Sri in this body, but I'm still going to be Dasi of Radharani. And that is who we are eternally, right? So now we talk about actions for that future self of mine. Whether I realize it or not, what can I do in the future to ensure that I realize that I'm servant? Right? And these are the actions. Um, chanting my uh, japa, you know, mantra meditation every single day. Um, making sure that I read every single day, I follow the four regular principles, that I um, see, associate with devotees, have my service to the deities, 
you know, serve my guru. There's all, these are all actions that I choose to take so that I can realize who I am. That's servant, dasi. You know, it's funny because oftentimes I get this question. I don't know if anybody's ever had this question asked of them. But, oh, in your religion or in your culture, are you allowed to fill in the blank, right? Are you allowed to eat meat? Are you allowed to marry outside of the culture? Are you allowed to whatever it is? And I often, from the very first time I've ever heard that question, I thought, why would I not be allowed to do that, right? Because as of right now, I'm a grown adult American woman, right? We have freedoms. We can do whatever we want. I'm allowed to do whatever I want, but doing whatever I want, what is that going to get me what I want to achieve? So it's not so much am I allowed to do something, is do I want to do it, and is it going to get me what I want out of life? So it helps in the sense that a lot of times these vows that we make or things that we look at that we have to do, it's that, oh, my God, I have to do this. I have to chant my rounds, I have to read. It becomes more of an obligation, and it's, it doesn't sound fun. When you say, I have to do something, it doesn't sound fun. I mean, how many times I have to go to this party? We don't say that. We're like, oh, I get to go to this party, right? Same thing, I get to chant my rounds. I get to read the scriptures. I get to associate with devotees. None of this is have to, because nobody really is going to come after you and say, oh, my God, you know, you you didn't do this. And if they do, it's really not going to matter because it's your personal relationship to Krishna. And so when you look at the cause and effect, you know, yes, I can go to this party and do drugs, but is that actually going to help me realize that I am servant of Krishna? And how is that going to help me realize that, right? It's not. And so it's the decision that you make at every single moment. And sometimes it, it is overwhelming. It's hard when you are working all day long and you're trying to maintain your family and yourself and, you know, have a little bit of time to relax. There's only a certain amount of hours in the day, right? And a lot of times in this day and age, we spent a lot of that in commuting and driving to our jobs. So usually that adds a couple of hours to the work day. You know, it could be a couple of hours each way or it can be a couple of hours round trip. Um, so when you look at all that, it's hard to say, okay, I can add, you know, two hours of chanting japa and another hour of reading and another, you know, associate. It's just, there's only so many hours of the day and we have to sleep and we have to spend time with our family and things like that. So Krishna goes on in, in chapter seven and he talks about, you know, he is the taste of water the light of the sun and moon, the syllable Om in the Vedic mantras, the sound and ether and ability in man, the original fragrance of the earth, the heart, the heat and fire, the life of all that lives, the penance of all ascetics, the strength of the strong, devoid of passion and desire, sex life which is not contrary to religious principles. So you can kind of get the gist of what he's describing, that Everything you say, see, he's that quality in it. So when we're going through our day-to-day, you know, when you drink water, you can think, oh, this is Krishna. This Krishna is the taste of water. You know, when you, obviously, you 
um, offer your food and you eat prasadam for lunch, that's another way you can remember Krishna during your day. And, you know, you see a beautiful sunset and you realize that Krishna is the source of that beauty, right? Um, so you start to see Krishna in everything, and that's one small thing that you can do every single day, start shifting that mindset and seeing Krishna is the source of everything that's happening around you, right? If you create some kind of big breakthrough in your job or you come to a certain conclusion, you can realize that Krishna is the intelligence that gave you to do that. The skill, Krishna is the source of the skill that gave, you know, that helped you finish up your project. <clears throat> so here, you know, we can see that we're talking about the source of all sources, the cause of all causes. And we can bring that to our everyday life by just making sure that we're meditating like that every time, you know, everything that we do. And it becomes easier once we do that um, to think of him constantly, right? In the Bhagavad Gita, at the end, he says, think of me all the time, right? Like, everything you do, do that as an offering to me. Think of me all the time. Always remember me and never forget. Right? And this is how we can do that in a very practical way. And then if you can add on some of the other things, like, you know, chanting your rounds, um, you know, spending some time in japa meditation, Spending some time reading. We talked previously about just trying to do 15 minutes a day, not anything big. And then that's great. It starts to build, and you'll find that you're able to do more when you start focusing your intentions like that. You know, this is very common even in um, personal development world about uh, time priority, time management. It's, you know, when you, you focus your energies and time, you're able, able to create a lot more and do a lot more than if you try to, you know, you're not focused and you're all over the place. And you start an email and you don't finish it. And then you start something else, you don't finish that. And then you have all these things that you haven't accomplished, but you kind of started. But if you focus in like, okay, I'm going to finish this email. And then I'm going to take some time to chant. And then I'm going to take, you know, so it's like everything can be done. It's just a matter of making sure that we plan, right? So that cause and effect is there. What questions do you have for me? No, what connects to the verse itself is the cause and effect relationship. In the beginning of material creation, that absolute personality of Godhead, Vasudev, in his transcendental position, created the energies of cause and effect by his own internal energy. The question was, you know, we talked about um, so many things, um, and things that can take us away from Krishna and things that bring us closer to Krishna and that we're serving of Krishna, how does that relate to the verse that we talked about today, read today? So what I was bringing creation down into is the most, uh, the most way it shows up in our lives every single day, and it's that cause and effect relationship. Because when we think about, for me personally, when I think about creation and, you know, Bhagavatam uh, goes into pretty detailed descriptions of the creation of the world, my thought is, well, how does that affect me today? I mean, it's already happened, right? Um, I was born so many years ago, and because I was born, I'm here today, but how does that birth really affect me today, right? It happened, it, it, it was there, I don't remember it, right? But it it plays a part in my life right now. It's not something I think about all the time. Um, so that 
creation, it's not something we think about all the time. And it's also hard to see how that relates to our every single day. But when we break it down to that cause and effect of creation, right? Krishna created everything. But that means that he created everything. So even our thoughts, our, our, our ability to have thoughts is what he created. We have free will and we can do what we want with our thoughts, with the abilities that he gives us. But that's where the source of it comes from. So that's how I was relating it to today's verse. Can you um, use the mic so that it's on? Um, the other question I had related to your, um, you know, going through your initiation day, um, and you made your vows uh, to follow the four regulated principles, and then you mentioned chanting Japa, you know, chanting Hare Krishna every day. And then in my mind, I was thinking, yeah, 16, so that, you know, it's me reaching that 16 every day. (laughs) And I just wanted to ask, I mean, what is the purpose of the numerical count? Why? Can you you help me understand? I mean, because for Hardest Decor, it's 64, you know, rounds every day. And for the great Vaishnavas like that. That's that's been a question sixteen in my mind for the last. <clears throat> well, we have to remember it's sixteen minimum, the minimum of sixteen rounds. And as far as everything that I've read and heard, it's the allowance that Srila Prabhupada made for us. Right? Originally, he said sixty-four rounds, but everybody spent the whole day chanting their rounds and didn't get anything else done. Um, then he said 32, same thing. And he said, finally, absolute bare minimum, right? Absolute bare minimum is 16. And it takes most people about two hours, hour and a half, if you're pretty fast. Um, and if you're focused, you know, it can take a little more time, a little less time. I know for me personally, when I chant um, the Maha Mantra, we're talking about chanting the Maha Mantra just Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. On a set of prayer beads, which has 108 beads. So going around that whole thing, 100, you know, saying that mantra 108 times is one round. And we've made vows to do that 16 times. Um, <clears throat> so I know for me personally, if I am focused and not doing anything else, save, you know, my mind might be going other places, but I'm not on the phone, and I'm not watching TV, and I'm not driving, and I'm not doing all these other things, then um, I can finish around between four and six minutes. And if it takes me less than four minutes or more than six minutes, I know I wasn't paying attention. Um, So that's my prime spot, right? For somebody else, it might be something different. If you listen to Prabhupada chanting in the mornings, he's he's chanting at about a three-minute round, right? So he's he's going really fast. And if you try to keep up with him, it's hard. So I know that if I finish my round in three minutes, I skip something, right? Because I, I, I'm not chanting as fast as he was chanting, as he's chanting in the, in the morning chanting Japa. Um, so that's what I understand about the number. It's just that was the absolute bare minimum. 
It's the amount of time, you know, if you think about it <clears throat> as a personal relationship, and this is my own personal opinion and theory and speculation. When you go out to eat with somebody or you're hanging out with somebody, an hour and a half is probably about what you spend with them. And if you did that every single day, you're going to build a really good relationship with that person. right? Anything less, you might feel a little rushed. Anything more might feel like it's too much, you know, depending on who the person is. Um, but hour and a half is kind of a sweet spot. Two hours is kind of a sweet spot, right? So if we're building our relationship with Krishna and spending an hour and a half to two hours with him every single day, that's what we're making the vow of. It's not the number. It's not, you know, a certain amount of time. It's just to make this vow to, to focus on Krishna and, and build our personal relationship. <clears throat> Any other questions? Um, I have more of a sharing, okay. if that's okay. Um, yeah, there's one devotee who gave a lecture, and he said that it's good that whatever, if you learn something, you just share it, and that will stick more to you. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, for sure, one thing is that you mentioned something like like doing something, doing the pre- something the present me will do for the future me. Even though the present me won't like it, but, you know, it will benefit the future me. And to know that really helps the present me understand. Like sometimes we are forced to do something that we don't like doing. But then if we think about, oh, will this benefit me in the future? And if it will, I mean, it's it's actually something that the present me will understand and uh, won't think of it more negatively, but will think of it more positively. So that's a really important lesson that I learned from your lecture. And and there's one um, one one sannyasi who gave a lecture many years ago, and he said um, I, it's like a term voluntary force or something like this. It's like in the beginning, it's like voluntary. You have to force yourself to do it, and it's voluntary. Like sometimes when we first chant the Hare Krishna Mantra, we chant 16 rounds or so. And it's like we have to force ourselves. And then later on, after we chant voluntarily and with, with love, and then we get the taste of chanting, and then it's not forcibly anymore. And it's more out of um, yeah, build, like building that relationship with Krishna. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. That is nice. Yeah, and then after a while, it becomes second nature, and you don't even have to... <clears throat> after a while, it becomes second nature, and you don't even have to force or volunteer. You just It just happens. I, I was thinking about something else when um, what you said reminded me of something else in response to your question, is that even that desire to become serv- servant of Krishna, right? that even comes from Krishna. He says, I am the origin of bhakti, right, of devotion. He sparks that devotion in us if we have that desire to have it, right? So it's kind of like, did we have the desire or did he give it to us? But it's there within us internally because we're parts and parcels of him. So I would bring in that point as well. Again, how he's the source of of everything. So what other questions?
<laughs> Nara and Tom, you usually always have questions. <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you so much. Darantara Srimad Bhagavatam ki.